reading from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through down. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took, him, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. How many of you like tests? <laughs> we do have some people <laughs> who like tests. Uh, <clears throat> I personally do not really love taking tests. However, there are times that we have to take tests. And here, God, the Bible says God tested Abraham. Some people take this word as God tempting Abraham. If you look at the Hebrew word, it does not mean tempt. It means test. What's the purpose of God testing Abraham? Was it to give him a hard time? It certainly sounds like it is because Abraham went through a lot just because of this. But the purpose of God testing Abraham is to strengthen his faith and people who read his story afterwards, not about God trying to say, you know what, you gave me a hard time. I'm going to, this is my chance. I'm going to give you a hard time. Let's see how you handle it. It wasn't that. Another reason why God tested, him, tested Abraham was that God was undoing what Abraham had done. Abraham had messed up. Well, God had a plan. Abraham couldn't wait for God's plan, and he said, you know what, God, let me help you, because it sounds like you need some help. You can't tackle the problem that, the promise that you have given, you can't handle it. Let me intervene, let me help you. By doing so, Abraham messed up, and God was trying to fix that problem. That's why Abraham was tested. Now, do we sometimes try to help God? God has a plan, and He has His timing. If we only wait for God to work His thing, everything will be okay. But there are times that we cannot wait. We jump in. We try to help God. That's the worst mistake that we can make. We try to help God. By doing so, we create a huge problem. It's better for us to wait and God would do his thing. And verse 1 says <clears throat> here in the Bible, Abraham, take your son Isaac, whom you love, and go to sacrifice him. And this word love, this word is mentioned. But did you know that this word, love, is the first word love that is mentioned in the Bible. It's been about 2,000 years 
since the creation. And Adam and Eve lived before. There was a lot of people lived there before. And flood even happened. But this is the first time the word love is mentioned in the Bible. What about the love between everyone else before him? But this is the first time. And this is in context. Think about this. The love, the first time of Bible mentioning love is in context of father loving his only son and sacrificing him as a burnt offering. Does it ring a bell? So the love that Bible demonstrates is father sacrificing his son. What does that remind you of? Of God sacrificing his son, Jesus. That is the true context of love. It's not about Adam and Eve and the first love, they falling in, them falling in love. It's not that. It's about Father sacrificing His Son. I hope that we can meditate upon that love that the Bible talks about. And here, Bible mentions that, if, if you read the Bible, God says, Abraham, take your son, Isaac, your only son whom you love. How many times does he mention and refer his son Isaac to? Four times. You know, you know your son, take him and give him as a sacrifice. Like, you mean Ishmael? <laughs> Abraham could have said that. But because God was very specific, your son, your only son, Isaac whom you love, four times, there's no mistake. Question. How many sons did Abraham have? So he had his son Isaac and also Ishmael. Was Ishmael not his son? It was his son. But the Bible says your only son Isaac. So in God's eyes, how many sons does Abraham have? One. Wait, it's not fair. Ishmael is Abraham's son too. Bible refers Ishmael as your servant's son. So the only son, the only promised son in God's eyes is how many? One. Only one. If we make mistakes, if we mess up, yeah, we do mess up and we create problems. But in God's eyes, there's only one solution. There's only one way. Keep that in mind. And God says that is the promised son where your promise, the, the promised son, the Messiah, will come through. Verse 2 says this. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, on one of the mountains which I will tell you about. Why Moriah? What, what do you know about Moriah? Here, I would tell you what Moriah is. In Second Chronicles chapter... Chapter 3, verse 1. And the region of Moriah is not a famous one because the Bible mentions this name only two times. And this is what it says. One time was the time of Abraham. Second time, this time only. 
and read what the region of Moriah is about. Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, which we all know about. Jerusalem on the Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. It was on the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite, the place provided by David. So the place that Solomon built the temple, which is the Solomon's temple, which now we know as Jerusalem, the, the, the holy mount, or the, that, the, the temple where Jerusalem is standing, used to stand. That place, it's another name is what? Mount Moriah. So when God told Abraham to go and travel how many days? Three days to find a specific place to give his son as a sacrifice. Was that, was that the place? That was the place. Mount Moriah, where what stood? The sanctuary stood, where the sacrifice had been given for thousands of years, just to point out in the future who will come and be sacrificed there. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, will, become, will come and be sacrificed. And guess what? Where is the place where Jesus was hung, Jesus hung on the cross? What is that place called? called the Calvary, Golgotha. Did you know that the same mountain was right next to this mountain? It's the same region. So the place Abraham was told to go, traveled three days to give, because at the time there was no temple, there was nothing. It's just a mountain. And God told him to go bring Isaac there and sacrifice. That is the exact place a few thousand years later where Solomon's temple will stand. And a few thousand years later, where Jesus will die on the cross, it's the same exact location. That is why. Because the name Moriah is not a famous name. It's only mentioned twice in the Bible. But that is the reason why. See, the, see get the picture? God was trying to portray the big picture and say that, you know, Isaac represents Christ, and Abraham, you are, placed, you are doing what I am doing to my son Jesus. And here's a picture. And God tested Abraham. If Abraham said, God, no way, you're joking. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Then this beautiful picture would not have been portrayed. And verse 2 says, give him as a burnt offering. How many of you understand what burnt offering means? Do you know the process of a burnt offering sacrifice? Do you know what that means? What it entails? Okay. Uh, Leviticus 1 talks about this. I'm going to read from the Bible. Leviticus 1. And this is the exact instruction what the Bible says about the burnt offering. Leviticus 1 verse 6. And it says, he, the, the priest, he is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, to put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. And then Aaron's son, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, the burning wood, and so on and so forth. So burnt offering is not just you kill the, kill the sacrifice and burn it on the altar. 
let alone, that, that alone is just gruesome and, and terrible. But before that, what do you have to do? You have to skin, cut it into pieces. Yeah, doing that to a sheep, innocent sheep or, or a calf will be like terrible. It will be like a bad picture. But imagine what Abraham is told to do. You bring your son, you not only have to kill him, you have to skin him, cut him into pieces. Can any parent imagine doing that? My dad had a farm. They, they moved into the country and they had a farm. We um, had some chickens. So we had, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten chickens. And they were, you know, playing around and they would lay eggs and whatnot. And when you have chickens, they attract what? Predators. Now, we don't have, like, big beasts, but we have small animals, like raccoons like to come and sniff and, and weasels. We don't have, like, mountain lions and, and coyotes like that in, in Korean mountain country uh, region there. But we had weasels. And weasels, trust me, they are small, but they are really good at catching chicken and eating them. Because they are small, they can sneak into a small hole. And my dad found out, he found out that the chicken was dead the next day. And he found a small hole there. And he put a trap there. A few days later, guess what? This weasel was caught. And my dad was like, you've been eating my chicken. <laughs> and he was so upset, he wanted to get it. And he got caught. And my dad... In his wild imagination, guess what? Oh, weasels have really nice skin. Let's skin it, and we can maybe see we could do something with it. And he pulled me into it. <laughs> and like, okay, let's try to skin this. I was like 15. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, just get rid of it. Just throw it away. Like, bury it. Do something. That's just disgusting. It's like, okay, son, we're going to make, a, make gloves or something. Like, <laughs> or something out of it. Okay, now grab onto one side. I'm going to pull the other side. So I'm like, oh. And I was holding the skin part. And he was holding the head part. And he was pulling it to skin it. Like, I don't know how many of you have tried skinning an animal. <coughs> Thank God it's dead already. But even the dead animal, touching the dead animal is like, oh, it's, it's gross. But he had me hold it and he was pulling it. And both his dad and 15-year-old son pulling the animal, trying to skin the animal. We tried, tried, tried for like 30 minutes. And it didn't work. We skinned like half of it. The other half, we couldn't. It's like, you know what? Let's just, we give up. We just threw it away. <laughs> I tell you this not to, just to entertain you. It's not an easy task. Skin doesn't just come off just like that. But imagine, Abraham, how old was Abraham? 120 years old. Isaac was 20 years old. Fully grown adult. Imagine Abraham skinning his own son. That's, and blood is involved, yeah. And that's your favorite son, a miracle son that you just had. Burnt offering means exactly that. And when God said, give him as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering... 
that picture to us is like, oh, burnt offering, you just read on because that doesn't really give us any visual image of picture of what burnt offering is. But to them, they give animal sacrifices all the time. So Abraham knows exactly what he's asked to do. What do you think it would be, what would be your response when you hear a voice, you don't see God's face, you hear, a God, you hear God's voice saying that, Abraham, take your son, give him as a sacrifice. What would be your response? God, the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, <laughs> and so on and so forth. You'll be thinking about all the excuses not to listen to the voice. But what's Abraham's response? It says, the early next morning, early next morning, he got up, prepared everything, saddled his donkey, and he went on. Because he's, he, if he, thinks, he thinks that if I hesitate, if I wait, if I tell my wife Sarah, she's going to say that you are crazy. The God that I know is not that crazy God. You cannot take my son and sacrifice him over my dead body. That's what she would say. So Abraham got up early the next morning without telling Sarah, knowing that she would probably, probably stop this. So he goes on. That's, his, that, that's why we call him the father of faith. And we talked about burnt offering. But let's, let's think about this. The promise that God has given, that your descendants will be like the stars. You cannot even count them. Like the sand in the, in the shore. How many sons did, did God say you have? Abraham was thinking about, okay, if Isaac is dead, burnt offering means you kill, you, you slaughter the throat, you kill, sprinkle blood, and you cut it off, burn it up, meaning what's left? Ashes. Ashes. Only ashes left. And basically you're saying, okay, well, I have another son, Ishmael. Maybe God is going to fulfill his promise through Ishmael. But God said, no, your only son. The other son you have is your servant's son, not your promised son. So, this is important because the Bible says this. In King James Version, it's not clear. In King James Version, it says in verse, verse 5, He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkeys while I and the boy go over there, worship, then come back to you. That's what King James Version says. Other versions, and including Hebrew, says this. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. He's using plural form. So when he is going there after three days, and he says, hey, servants, because he didn't want his servants to see him killing his own son. His servants may stop him. Hey, master, are you out of your mind? You can't do that. So Abraham leaves them alone, and Abraham goes there alone with his son Isaac. But he says this, we will go worship, and then what? Who will come back? We. Wait. Abraham is going to kill his son. 
What does he mean by we? What does he mean by that? Burn offering meaning burning, killing, and turning into ashes. So then, what is Abraham referring to? It's easy for us to say, you know what? God has power to resurrect. Let me ask you a question. Who is the first person who was resurrected in the whole Bible history, in our whole human history? The first person to be resurrected. Who? Lazarus? Well, there is someone before that. How about Elijah? How about Elisha? Well, but that's in the times of kings. Who is the first person who was resurrected? No one saw it, but God resurrected him and took him to heaven. Moses is the first person to be resurrected, yes. But Moses is <clears throat> in the book of what? <clears throat> Moses' story is written in, the what, in what book? Exodus. Now, this is what book? Genesis comes before that. Genesis is way before the time of Moses. Let me ask you a question. Does the word resurrection exist in the dictionary at this time? The word resurrection does not exist at all. It's just like explaining internet and smartphone to somebody 500 years ago and say, you know what, this is my smartphone and this is what we can do to someone 500, 1,000 years ago. And the person goes like, what? What are you saying? I don't get it. Abraham had no understanding because that word resurrection did not exist in their vocabulary. And Abraham, by his faith, saying that if God is the God of creation, that I know who he is. And if he's telling me I need to go sacrifice to him, he's going to do something because he has promised that his descendants my sons, my descendants, will come from Isaac and it will be as many as the stars in the night and the sand in the beach. If I kill Isaac, there is no way. And he's not married. Isaac is not married. There are no other, he has no grandchildren yet. Isaac is single. And Abraham is believing in resurrection even before the word existed. Do you want to have that kind of faith? That is a faith Abraham had. That is a faith Abraham had. In verse 10, it says, Bible says, Abraham placed the wood on Isaac's shoulder, and he carried the wood onto the mountain. Now, who else? Well, let's think about it. If Abraham's dad, uh, no, Abraham is 120 years old and Isaac is 20 years old, who is supposed to carry the load? The dad or the young son? Young son, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, do you know anybody who carried the wood to his dad's sacrifice? Who did that? Jesus carried the cross. Just like that, the picture fits perfectly. Now, Abraham goes to the altar. He makes the altar on top of the mountain, Mount Moriah. 
And Abraham has been thinking about all this. He, he's exercising his faith, and he says, we will come back, and he's believing in resurrection, even though that word doesn't exist, and he goes there. And now the servants are behind the, the family. Sarah, the mother, is at home three days away, and now Abraham has to disclose the truth, the, the, the gruesome truth that I have to kill you and give you as a burnt offering, meaning skinning and taking the blood and sprinkling and, and burning on, in the altar and turning into ashes, and he told them to Isaac. And Isaac goes like, what did you say, Dad? <laughs> okay. If your dad or mom comes to you and say something crazy, you know what? I need to go and murder someone today. What would be your response? I need to go. I'm going to go and commit suicide. What are you going to do? They're going to stop him. They're going to call 911, right? Isaac here, it says, Dad, maybe you're getting too old. Are you out of your mind? Are you going crazy? You have Alzheimer's? What's going on? And do you think Isaac had power to stop his dad? He's 20. His dad is 120 years old. He's getting old. He's getting weak. Whereas Isaac is at his prime time. He's very strong. And Isaac, is there, do we see any, any kind of struggle there? Abraham running around chasing after Isaac, trying to find him and trying to like, tie him. Like, oh, finally, eventually I got him. Okay, now you're dead. We don't see any struggle there. So, Abraham had great faith. But on the other hand, I think Isaac's faith is greater than of Abraham's. Isaac says, okay, dad, you heard that voice? Because did Isaac hear the voice of God telling him, you have to be sacrificed? No, Isaac didn't. Abraham heard it. And Isaac says, you know what? I think you are mad. He doesn't do that. Isaac says, dad, you heard God's voice? I believe you. And I trust in the God that told you that same voice, told you the same command. I said, okay, tie me now, bind me, and put me on the altar. He might have helped his dad binding himself. Who knows? Isaac. You know, time is, is up. I have two more pages to go. I need to wrap it up. But think about this. Now, Abraham is about to kill his son Isaac on the altar, and he raises his knife, and he's about to slaughter his son's throat, and God stops him. God sends an angel, and God stops Abraham and says, Abraham, that's enough. That's enough. And instead, he found what to sacrifice? He found a ram over there. Well, let me give you a question. Let me ask you a question. Was that ram there was it an accident that the ram was there? I don't think there was an accident. God specifically sent a ram there to be placed. And the ram didn't make any noise. Like, eh, didn't make any noise. Otherwise, Abraham and Isaac would have found it. So it got caught with his horns stuck in the bush somewhere. It got caught, and it's quiet the whole time. When the angel stops Abraham's hand, 
At that time, when God says, okay, now that's enough, and then the ram goes, okay, is that the cue? Okay, <laughs> and then he goes. <laughs> Before that, can you imagine God telling the ram, okay, ram, you have a mission. What's my mission? You have to go on top of the Mount Moriah. Well, I don't hang out there. I hang out here in the field. You have to go up there. Why? Just, just listen to me. Trust me. Just go up and get lost. Well, I know all this mountain so well. How can I get lost? I cannot get lost. Well, you have to be lost today anyway at certain times, specific time. When I give you a cue, then you can, you can cry. Bah, okay? It's just like it's impossible for the lamb to be lost because that's his area. Right? But it's just like asking fish to be drowned. You know? Like, you're asking the ram to be lost at a specific time and, and be caught by, by Abram and be sacrificed there? No. But God prepares every single thing at a specific time. Had Abram listened to God the first time, he wouldn't have gone through this. But because he did not listen to God, he failed God. Now he's preparing, giving him a second chance. But just see how God is preparing every single thing and, and have it to fit at a perfect timing. That's God's timing. Sometimes we don't have faith. Sometimes, just like Abraham, we try to help God. But when we do, we mess up God's plan. And I pray that you and I will have faith to wait on God and wait for God's perfect timing because when we do, we will see the glory of God. No. <clears throat> This is my last point. I'm going to make this point and, and finish my sermon. One may say, well, it's not fair. Well, God tested Abraham, but he didn't kill his son. That's not fair. He should have gone all the way, but he didn't. I can do that too. If I know that I just have to do this just before I slaughter his throat, God is going to stop me, then I can do that anytime. God tests me anytime just before I get into real trouble. Stop me just before, just in time. I can do that. That's not fair. You know, this is how we can, this, this is what God does. God often takes the will for the, de for the deed of the people. If you are willing to do it, then God takes it as it's done. So that's how we can be martyrs dying for Jesus every day, even though we don't die at like single time. You know what I'm saying? When you choose to follow God, when you choose to be martyr, martyrs for Jesus, then we can be martyrs for Jesus, even though we are still alive. We can learn that from this lesson. So in a way, we have seen the fate of Abraham and Isaac today. How many promises are there in the Bible? A lot. Some say there are 3,500 promises in the Bible. Some say there are 5,000 promises in the Bible. Just to mention some of them, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God, my God shall provide all your need according to his riches in the glory of Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. There are so many promises in the Bible. 
Do you believe in the promises of the Bible? Just like Abraham and Isaac had faith in God, we pray that we also, we too, will have faith in God and the promises in the Bible and we will believe the promises of God himself. Let's not make the mistake just like Abraham did. Let's not try to help God because God does not need our help. God does not need us to go ahead and get ahead of ourselves and mess things up because when we do, He has to fix it. So let us have faith. Let us trust in the promises of the Bible. Let us be the sons and daughters of faith. How many of you want to have faith like Abraham and Isaac? Let us have faith and let us believe in the promises of God. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we've learned about the faith of Abraham also the faith of Isaac as well. Lord, sometimes it's easy for us to believe because we know the stories in the Bible, how God has provided many different things. God has performed many miracles. But still, we sometimes hesitate to believe. Sometimes we doubt. But Abraham, without knowing, without seeing any evidence, he had believed in your promises. Lord, we pray that you will give us the same faith. Help us to trust and help us to believe in the promises of the Bible, the soon coming, the, the prophecies that will be fulfilled soon, and the promises that will come true very soon. Help us to trust in the Bible truth. Help us to have faith in the Bible as well, Lord. Give us faith. Help us to be the sons and daughters of faith. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So praise team, please come on up to sing the closing song.